Well, we're going to be turning our attention towards the world of GAA and it is a, a really exciting one for Mayo fans tomorrow taking place in Carrick and Shannon. One fifteen coverage begins on RT News now. It's always a difficult one to in this COVID era to cover and watch these matches. It's almost like we're all living abroad. It feels like we're all using the GAA Go platform. I think we have a lot more in common with our brothers, sisters, uncles, aunts who have gone uh, to foreign places and tried to follow the boys in, in green and red uh, from wherever they are. Last week on TG Cahar, it was quite close enough to, to being a, a bit of a nightmare for those watching the final minutes and the final moments of Mayo's stint in Division 1. It was a 23-year uh, time frame that they had managed to stay up in the top division. Many's occasion, not just last year's success, but also teetering on the brink of relegation and surviving with some final kicks to put us over the line. Now in this new unprecedented shake-up it has all changed towards championship and we're going to be looking ahead firstly I suppose to the Leitrim game and a general overview of how the championship itself is going to be played out because it is knockout football round robin stuff there is no back door there is no protection and from James Horn's lineup that he has announced I'm going to speak to Martin Kearney now and I'll bring you in now Martin it Hi, is it, uh, one filled with lots of debutants. I believe there are seven that have been included. What was your first impression when you read the team that Horn announced for Leitrim's the game against Leitrim tomorrow? Well, I felt, to be honest about Creevin, he had to uh, use uh, most of the players that he played last Sunday. I mean, he has tried to put a new face on the Mayo team over the last couple of Sundays. Remember, this is the third Sunday in a row Mayo have been out. And there was no point in him using the mark, you know, the Tommy Conroys, the Oshin Mullins, the Owen McLaughlins, and guys like that. And, you know, against uh, Galway and last week against Throne, and then dropping them. So basically, he's trying to base it, to put a new face to this Mayo team. He's trying to knit in fresh blood to a lot of the experienced players. And like, I mean, I was just looking at it there before I came on with you, Oshin, that... You're looking at Mayo tomorrow. The last championship they played was against Dublin, I think, in the All-Ireland semi-final. And from that game, there's nine changes, actually. You know, it's a new. there's a new face to this Mayo team. A lot of the guys we took for granted over the years, like, you know, the, 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 the Chris Barris, the Shane O'Shea's, I know they're still involved. But it seems that James now is making a conscious decision, has had a clear strategy that if there's good young lads actually showing up while in training, then I'm going to use them at the expense of a lot of the experienced players. That is a good thing in many ways, but it also has a sting in its tail insofar as that a lot of those, un, uh, uh, shall we call them experienced players, the guys who have been around for the last 10 or more years, probably will be a little bit uh, uh, ill-prepared, if that's the right word, in the event of them being called on maybe tomorrow or the following Sunday. Just some of the notable inc- uh, exclusions, rather. One that points out straight away is Jeremy O'Connor. He has not had the greatest run of form in 2020 so far, if the performances of the league are anything to go by. Didn't register a, a score at all throughout the entire league campaign. More of a story maybe of Mayo's underperforming, but Jeremy himself has a lot of football in his legs uh, at such a, an early age. Should there be a cause for concern or is James Horn excluding him from the, the starting 15 to perhaps try and get his mind to reset and then maybe attack it with uh, some sort of hunger to get back his starting position? 
yeah, I just actually, again, I used the word strategic earlier, you with Yakuvian. And uh, like I was in at the game last Sunday against Throne, and to be honest with you, I thought Dermot O'Connor was very effective for me. I thought it was his best game in months. Now, maybe he picked up a strain, maybe he picked up a knock, or maybe James thinks that there's a good chance, you know, in all likelihood, Mayo will win this tomorrow. So maybe he feels that he can hold Dermot in reserve, have him fresh for the following Sunday in, against Roscommon in the event of Mayo winning. But I didn't think Dermot O'Connor did anything wrong last Sunday to merit exclusion. I thought actually it was his best game in a long, long time. I thought he was very influential around the middle middle area of the field. He worked with purpose, I thought, and seemed to have an enthusiasm for the game, maybe that has been absent for some time. It has been, I suppose, difficult for him. It's been difficult for fans as well, not being at the match. You were there uh, at McHill Park last week. What was the general mood of the Mayo players, of the reaction in the aftermath of the loss to Tyrone? Was it one of total dejection or did it seem to you like they were able to rationalise it and put the bigger picture of the All-Ireland that is taking place now into focus and maybe try and tackle that first? You see... It's an interesting point you're after making. You know, what was the reaction? I mean, one can only judge by their body language, Cleveland. They are partitioned from the general public to, to uh, you know, a, a great extent as far as I'm concerned. I mean, one doesn't approach them wondering about their opinions. You just recognise that they're involved in an inter-county set-up. Their, their livelihoods outside their work, and that is devoted to this. And, you know, the body language that I noticed last week, now, it was an awful lot of them slumped to their knees afterwards. I saw Ed O'Shea in particular uh, slumping to his knees, and you could see they were dejected, because last weekend against Tyrone, OK, people have been talking and raving, and correctly so, about Conor McKenna, and about the influence of um, Derek Canavan and Neil Morgan or Neil Morgan in, in goals but Mayo did enough to win that game last week Mayo could have won that game last week they were just a little bit uh, you know careless maybe in front of goals in the first half and maybe again it's I think the first time they have conceded three goals in the National League and this, uh, one of the few occasions over the last 10 or years or more that I've seen a Mayo defence conceding three goals. So there was a huge dejection there. There would have been an awareness, uh, certainly by the players, I'm sure, that there had been 23 consecutive, or that Mayo, uh, 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 you know, as a county team, had been in the uh, the Division 1 for the last 23 years. And maybe kind of knowing that maybe they were part of the the, the team dropping down down a division, maybe, you know, it obviously would have had um, a negative impact on them. Just looking at that team that has been announced once again, the likes of Jordan Flynn has come into the wing forward position for Jeremy O'Connor. Uh, it has also the likes of the newcomers, Ryan O'Donoghue, who's coming in to replace Mark Moran at centre forward, Rory Brickenden starting at centre half back. Do you expect to see a change there where Lee Keegan is named a cornerback, but would you guess Rory Brickenden to play somewhere along the full-back line as he does for his club Westport? Or do you see maybe more of this fluid system where we're going to get the likes of Oshin Mullen starting a cornerback, but finding himself at the full forward line, similar to as Tommy Conroy, we found him nearly everywhere throughout the pitch. That was something that irked a lot of Mayo fans online seeing Tommy Conroy and Aidan O'Shea in our full back line for I believe it was a Peter Hart point how did that happen from your perspective because when you're not at the match it's very difficult to see these movements and track the fluidity 
the thing about last week, um, the thing about last week is that it was very, very, very windy. A little bit like what we have today. And you could see it in O'Shea's frustration in the first half, playing against the wind, being told to stay in and full forward, nothing coming into him. Eventually, I kind of, uh, you know, he went searching for ball because he's like a lot of players. I think Lee Keegan can be this way as well. When they're not consistently involved at the heartbeat of what's happening, they kind of, they get frustrated. Now, Tommy Conroy found himself back, to, you know, um, involved in two very good interceptions in the second half. But there was a fluency, certainly. I'd say it was more prompted by the the, 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 the lack of ball coming into that full forward line than it would have been any prearranged strategy. And Oshin Mullen the last day, OK, got forward a bit, but not to the same extent as he get a, uh, got against Galway. And I think, in fairness, he caught a little bit of a tartar in young Canavan the last day. Derek Hanavan, I was very, very impressed with the last day um, for Tyrone. Um, and certainly in the first half, he was particularly good. But there was a fluency about Mayo, there is no doubt about it. But at the same time, playing Tom, Tom, Tommy Conroy too far away from goals, I think, is not to the team's advantage. Whereas playing Aidan O'Shea, in my opinion, and this is always my thing about Aidan O'Shea, I'm of the opinion that his key area, the key area you play him in, is around the middle of the field towards the half-back line. And by playing him there, you can be certain that he'll be involved nearly in all that's happening in the game. And that's the way he likes it. Is it likely that we will need Aidan O'Shea in midfield? The idea, the experiment of Conor Loftus at midfield, you know, he's going to be partnered now with uh, Matthew Ruan like he has been for the last two games. First game against Galway, it was seen as revolutionary. He was able to have the freedom, the playmaking role. Now with someone like Jordan Flynn being brought in there as well in the half forward position, are we expected to see him pick up a lot more of the physicality to do a lot more of the work that needs to be done in defensive sweeping zones? Or do you see uh, this as quite an, an attacking outset where Aidan O'Shea is going to be left inside, try and create as much uh, trouble for the Leitrim full back line and try and rack up a cricket score? Well, but choosing him again for a third weekend in a row at full forward, I think James is making a statement that, you know, no matter what I think or others think about it, that basically from a male perspective, James sees him as being, um, you know, needed in there. And uh, it will be interesting to see tomorrow how this particular role evolves. Will he continue to be left inside or will he actually drift out? You know, you used the word earlier, uh, you know, uh, uh, there's a fluency about the way they play. There's no doubt about it. And bringing in Jordan Flynn around that wing forward position tomorrow, I can guarantee he'll be going back. He'll be drifting back. He'll be adding his physicality in around the middle of the field area. But just right now, like we've been used to over the years with Mayo, you know, a, a physical midfield pairing like Tom Parsons, like Shamie O'Shea, Guys like that who kind of not alone guaranteed your possession, but were able to, shall we say, put themselves about. I think is a nice cliche that that we use. And um, maybe the two guys at the moment that are named there, Matthew Ruan and Connor Loftus, haven't in a sense acquired that level of physicality yet. Maybe that will come in time with a little bit of, uh, you know, with more game time. Like, okay, they have won All-Ireland under-21s a number of years back, but and maybe they're 24, 25, and it's time they're graduating. But at the same time, when you haven't been getting regular games, 
Um, you, you know, maybe your development doesn't kind of, shall we say, progress as quickly as you'd like. So maybe these games are vital for them to show to James and show to the management that they're the people who can bring that uh, physicality and can, in a sense, uh, you know, uh, copy and then improve on the physicality and the actual work rate and the creativity that, that basically Mayo would like to have from the middle of the field. Eagle-eyed viewers of Sports Files website noticed this week when all 38 of Mayo's panel were snapped for the upcoming championship ahead. No inclusion of Tom Parsons in that 38-man figure uh, of the panel. We saw Shami O'Shea was mentioned, uh, a photo of him, Keith Higgins also, and Cullen Boyle, some of the more senior players that we haven't seen Mm. a lot of this year. Is it a situation with Tom Parsons in your time you've seen in Salt Hill and in, in Castlebar last week, Martin? Did you see him togged out? Is he actually even part of this squad or is he kind of gone into retirement without us even noticing? Well, uh, now I'm open to correction in this, but I thought myself in the game in Chum against Galway that he was actually named in the subs. I, th- I think he was named at number 26. Now I'm open to correction on that, but I I, I stand by I, I stand by uh, by my comment on that. But I didn't see him there, and certainly he wasn't in the twenties. I have, funny enough, the program in front of me from last Sunday, and he certainly wasn't in the in in the, in the twenty six last week. And the injury that he sustained was a horrific one, absolutely horrific one. And to come back from that was always going to be a huge job. Now, whether Tom has, he's based in Dublin, whether he has the, the time, the energy, and maybe whether the knee is able to withstand the, the, the demands and the rigours of what it takes to be a county footballer, I don't really know. But to, 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 to see him included, as you say, from a panel of 38, um, that's pretty significant, and that's maybe telling us something. Yeah, we hope it's not the case and it's not the last we would have seen of him, but it is an interesting one to note, certainly as we're looking to eke out and figure out who will be our midfield options in the coming year ahead. Uh, The centre-half forward position, Martin, if we can touch upon that for a moment, Mark Bourne looked to have made it his own in the first game against Galway. Disappointing, condition-dependent first half against Ty- Tyrone saw him being substituted by the very capable uh, Rhino Donoghue from Belmullet. He really impressed me coming into that position. He played like his life depended on it. He wanted to get on the ball. He was having that sort of arrogance that you, you need to see a younger player have to try and uh, uh, stake a claim and try and get the position for himself. But what were your thoughts on the young Bel- Belmullet man's performance last week? I thought Mark Moore, or uh, sorry, I, I, I should say, I thought Ryan O'Donoghue was superb last week when he came in as centre forward. Like, I mean, he was aggressive. He was. He, I think, he got a couple of points. He was busy. He was all the time available, and in the conditions, uh, you know, for a man that's not the biggest man in the world, and um, he never took a backward step. He reminded me of uh, he was a forward version, if I could say it, of maybe what Colin Boyle might be. You know, that same kind of belligerent attitude, nobody's going to stop me, kind of thing. And he really impressed me when he came on. I remember seeing him as a minor and always being, uh, always having it in the back of my mind as somebody who should come and graduate into a a, a, a senior footballer of note. But he did actually stake a claim last week when he came in. 
and he he played very very good football. Now, okay, again, he's learning. Like he'll know that there was a turnover late in the game, or maybe a, a misjudgment, maybe with one one or two possessions late in the game that maybe were you know that didn't help us. But nonetheless, he's only in the, the in a novice stage as an intercounty footballer at senior level, so he's a lot a lot of learning to do. But on the basis of what I saw last Sunday, a lot of promise there. But equally, nobody, you know, we shouldn't mar- uh, write off Mark Morn. Mark Morn was, I thought, sensational in 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 Shum. I really thought his football, his um, instincts, his the weight of his passing, his ability to kind of sidestep players, etc. All of those things were very good to bring others into play. But I thought maybe that he had a skill set, maybe that some of the others, that most of the other forwards don't have. And maybe if it was properly uh, knitted into the fabric of the forward line, it's something that could actually over time be of great benefit to it. Undoubtedly, the competition that is in place throughout the entire Mayo setup is, I think it's it's almost unrivaled, unparalleled. There's a lot of unknown uh, positions up for grabs. Johnny Doyle of Kildare was saying during the week in that Mayo team, there's potentially all stars on the sidelines. That is showing as well, but we're not seeing Keith Higgins involved. We're not seeing Cullen Boyle involved. Donald Vaughan, Shamie O'Shea. We mentioned, of course, and, and, and talked about Tom Parsons. But does this show that James Horn and co are going to go ahead with the inexperienced, the up-and-coming young players who, as you mentioned, Martin, are a lot in a lot of their cases aren't even that young anymore? Yeah, well, this is the thing. Like James has made, I think, a deliberate choice that he feels it's time now, maybe, to change the 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 guard, to kind of bring in a lot of new faces into the team. And if he doesn't do it now, he's going to be caught further down the line. Like I, I wouldn't write off the Shamie O'Shea, and I wouldn't write off the you know the Kevin McLaughlin's. I wouldn't write off Keith Higgins, uh, obviously, nor. Colin Boyle. But nonetheless, like, they're going to have to understand that in many cases over the next while, they're going to be maybe just sharing a berth, sharing a position, maybe with a young and upcoming player who is quality, but maybe who needs a little bit of time, more time on the pitch to gain experience. But to exclude in our minds and to exclude from team sheets the likes of Shane O'Shea, the likes of uh, Keith Higgins, the likes of Colin Boyle, you, you know, over the next number of weeks. I remember, remember, we're talking about a championship, you, you know, go, going week on week. Like, if we win on Sunday, we're playing Common. Hopefully, if we won that, we're playing the following Sunday. So, to leave those senior players and experienced players off the 26, I think would be a very, very wrong call, because they have had so much experience of being, you know, in the, fire, in the firing line when the pressure gets, uh, you know, at its most extreme and to kind of be able to call on their experience to be able to call on their know-how uh, in in the course of the games over the next couple of weeks I think could be invaluable to Mayo Do you think Mayo have from the team that's been announced the quality to overcome Leitrim without any major hurdles or obstacles Merton? Uh, yes I think so I think so there's no point it, it, like let's be honest about it, Leeds from this year went down to I think they played off Division Three this year. Now they, um, I think the two win, they got a win against um, Derry in their opening game of the league, and they uh, sorry a draw against Derry in their opening game of the league, and they drew or sorry they they they, they beat Lowes later on. But they're going to be competitive in Carrick on Shannon. They always are, and they're a very proud team. 
Like, I mean, I rarely have seen Leitrim, you know, Leitrim will play with great dignity, they'll play with great um, pride in the jersey. And basically, I would see them tomorrow being very, very competitive, and I'd, I'd imagine also being very well organised. And, you know, they won't give anything soft to Mayo, but ultimately, let's be honest about it, Mayo ought to have enough in their locker to actually go and win that and win it fairly well tomorrow. Yeah, one would hope so. Martin Kearney, thanks a million for joining us here on the Saturday Sports Show and enjoy tomorrow's game. My pleasure and thanks very much again for asking me. That was Martin Kearney there, the former Mayo minor manager, Donegal Inter-County star and Mayo Inter-County player as well, informing us and telling us. Well, we're going to be continuing our look ahead to Mayo's first championship game of the season. It is throwing in tomorrow at half one in Carrick and Shannon a crucial game in the beginning of the season and there's one man as well in from Mayo who is also taking his side into their first championship game of the year John Mohan joins us on the line John a warm welcome to the Saturday Sports Show Thank you Cleveland thank you very much Some of the difficulties of managing a football team in the best of times can scratch and uh, irritate uh, many of a man's heads the logistics of it all is uh, oftentimes a nightmare, none more so than in a pandemic. The difficulties of trying to, to keep players away from each other, keep their bubbles small, is going to be incredibly difficult and prove to be whatever team manages to do it successfully could end up being the ultimate winners of the All-Ireland itself. John, in Offaly, you've been over there now for almost two years. How have you found the situation managing one of the, what would be called the so-called weaker counties in terms of the preparation that has been uh, dealt towards you in ahead of that game against Carlo tomorrow? That's been very strange. Like, I mean, when you're uh, travelling, uh, I have a commute of about um, 100 miles up there a couple of times a week. And uh, right now it means that you're meeting uh, Garda road checks um, en route, and um, normally about two, at least two road checks um, every time you travel. So that's strange in itself. We are adhering to all the protocols and best practice uh, when it comes to um, uh, when we arrive at the training venue, we, uh, you know, we, we share, um, we've, we've got a couple of dressing rooms, uh, two dressing rooms in our case, and uh, we cannot hold any meetings and no video analysis. And you know, everybody's uh, um, mask wearing. So the whole thing is very, very strange. Uh, any bit of communication we have is on the pitch of the fresh air and the open air. Um, and you're kind of looking over your shoulder, um, you know, just waiting. I was certainly a couple of weeks ago, I, I anticipated that the whole thing would be put, uh, called off, particularly after the Offaly Hurlers had a close contact and they had to stand down for 14 days. And you obviously will be well aware of the issues that happened in Fermanagh and uh, Antrim and games being conceded, Leitrim not travelling up uh, up north to play down, I think, in a league game before they played Tipperary in their last. And, all these issues, I, I was convinced that the whole thing would be pulled. But it, look, it's great that it's up and running now. I watched a, a good game there this afternoon. Cavan being surprised winners after uh, extra time over um, Monaghan. So there will be shocks, no question about it. There will be um, uh, there will be some funny decisions. So if you're punting, be, be, be wary. I, I'm watching a hurry match as we speak here this afternoon. Waterford uh, leading uh, Cork by five points. They're the underdogs um, there as well. So... In these early days of the first rounds of the championship, we're seeing we're going to see some strange results, and I think uh, there will be upsets along the way. Yeah, just that game, Cavan eking out Monaghan. That's certainly a major surprise. A lot of people had it written off Cavan before the game had even started. You were watching it, John. What were your thoughts on it, and how the Ulster Championship itself could fare out? 
Yeah, I thought, um, well, there's a huge game tomorrow, obviously. I, I, I think the winners will be, it will come from tomorrow's encounter between uh, Donegal and Tyrone. And to me, uh, Donegal are one of the, the favourites to win the All-Ireland. They have a lot of talent. I've been speaking to Stephen Rochford on and off over uh, the COVID period. And, uh, you know, he's hugely impressed with the quality of, um, of the players they have at their disposal. And look at Michael Murphy, they've argued the best footballer in the country. He's just amazing and has been for, for Donegal. So any team with a Michael Murphy... Uh, energy to have to um, give them a fair chance of, of of going all the way, but they could go all the way to the All Ireland if if Donegal, as I expect, they will. I think they might beat uh, Tyrone, but because that's not a guarantee, it's not an exact science. But uh, no, the other championship is funny. That was a great result for Cavan. I mean, having been relegated last week, I watched their anemic performance against Roscommon, and they were very poor against Roscommon. Roscommon were missing, I think, ten or twelve of their of their panel, four or five of what you call first um, team starters. And uh, Cavan looked very, very poor last Sunday. But maybe they have been holding things back and uh, albeit they were disappointed to be relegated. But I tell you, that they were full of uh, running there today. And um, I think Monaghan self-destructed. It looks like the end of the road for um, that kind of Monaghan team that, uh, as we knew them uh, in the last couple of years. But there were six points up, um, albeit playing into a very stiff wind, uh, 50 minutes or 60 minutes in the second half. And just the, the momentum of the pendulum swung in Cavan's favour. I think they hit seven points unanswered to bring it into extra time. Monaghan had a man sent off. And uh, I have to say, Cavan were full value and, um, for their money, uh, for their victory. And good luck to them. The fact that it's going to be a totally knockout championship, we saw they're already in extra time there. You mentioned in the Ulster Championship, the Cavan Monaghan game. Does that give an extra pep in the step to what would be considered the underdog counties? The, the likes of Offaly, the likes of coming into a Leinster Championship as well. Any yeah. game, you know, just the fact that it's going to be the 70 minutes or so and then extra time, no reliance on a replay, no reliance on, on coming back another day or a back door to, to bring back the big guns who get knocked out early. Do you think that we are going to begin to see major surprises throughout the Championship? I think we will. I've just flagged that, Queen. I think we will have shocks. Um yeah, there's, there's no question about it in my mind. I mean, this championship is obviously different than, than what we've been used to for the last 100 years. I mean, the reality is we're playing in what's like winter-like conditions. Like, I mean, look at the conditions there today. Heavy wind and rain. And you'll see a lot of uh, of the low, um, the provincial grounds um, will be very heavy under footing. You know, teams that would have, um, you know, that would be good championship teams with pace won't get an opportunity to to express themselves in the same way because I said those conditions and I know I'm looking at the forecast for more tomorrow and we would like dry conditions we've some very pacey uh, forwards in particular but um, that's not going to be so it kind of it balances it to a certain extent and it just it makes that a little bit more difficult for you know the teams that you would consider to be favourites to prevail but um, I do think we will have surprises nonetheless you can't ignore the, the top two or three teams in the in the country, like I mean, Kerry after winning their their national league title, look very very strong. Dublin appear to be, you know, slipping back a little bit. They don't seem to have that same arrogance that they had, and, and albeit now they were never a great league team. But I I don't know, like Jack McCaffrey opting out, and you know Bernard Bogues are retired. There's one or two other players in the Dublin scene. You just begin to. Uh, Conley obviously is another one, a big high-profile player that's gone, and you just begin to wonder about the dubs. But um, yeah, Donegal, Kerry, and dare I say maybe Mayo. And I mean, with with uh, teams that maybe not having the same kind of a high-profile as they had in previous years, and the certainty of outcome uh, that maybe likes of the dubs have over the last couple of years, maybe likes of Mayo could slip in the back door here, albeit 
I'm saying that tongue in cheek. There is no tech door, but maybe it might be an opportunity for us. We've lost a debutante, as we know, tomorrow. But uh, certainly, I, uh, despite the fact that um, Mayo were relegated, I would be encouraged. They've, they've brought a lot of young players through, and I've been very, very impressed with some of those guys. Looking at the at Mayo's current form from a manager's perspective, John, is it easier now for James Horn to to bring his side into the championship? In the normal terms, it would have been a situation back in February, March, April, finishing up the league campaign, waiting until end of May, possibly June, to play championship football. Now it's just one week's break. They're able to refocus the mind and try and focus on the goal of winning an All-Ireland. Is it easier for Horan now to have a side that has been relegated, had a very good performance against Galway to try and keep the hopes alive, didn't go down with with any sort of, uh, you know, didn't go down without a fight, so to speak, and they've gone into what is a championship game against Leitrim, one where they'd be expected to win, but no one in the country is talking them up like crazy like they were in the aftermath of the Galway game. There's a bit more sense, there's a bit more cold light of day about Mayo because of that relegation that they've been brought uh, under, the, under the squad. Is that easier now for Horan to try and keep the mindsets correct coming up to what is the most important part of the season? I know I, I would be quite encouraged despite the fact that they were relegated. I thought they put up a very brave uh, performance against Tyrone's a game that could have easily won. I think they butchered a lot of chances in the second half. And maybe, you know, looking at it, um, you know, obviously um, Conor McKenna uh, had an enormous impact on the game for Tyrone at centre-half forward. And Kevin McLaughlin, I don't think, is starting tomorrow against Leitrim. And one would assume that the team that has been selected will start against Leitrim. And there, I think there's about seven uh, seven um, new faces mm. or certain seven changes from the Tyrone game. But I mean, uh, notwithstanding what I've just said about losing the game to Tyrone, they lost it narrowly. And I felt go down the home stretch you know, they, that, um, they were up a man. Uh, Tyrone had a man sent off, I think, on the black at that stage. And they had a um, wind advantage. And well, it was eight minutes to go, they were only point down. I, I, I would have put my money on Mayo to have won it at that stage and have kicked on. They didn't. And that, you know, that, that, that's a, a, a bit of a, an issue, the fact that they didn't win that game. But now it's saying that they brought some young f- footballers, like, I mean, uh, McLaughlin from Westport. Is, uh, he's a gazelle. He, I mean, there's no question about him. He's got a huge engine. He's a he's a bonus. Uh, um, Mullen in the full back line has been superb. Like I mean, against Galway, he was he was immense. And uh, yeah, you have like sort of uh, Ryan. Um, uh, you have Ryan Dunn who um, at centre forward as he starting tomorrow. Conor Loftus begin to flourish at middle of the field, and Matthew Ryan has begin to bubble. So there is, there are encouraging signs. I think I I would be um, I'm quite content uh, with Mayo. They're hitting the right. In the right fashion, I think they can uh, explore a few options there tomorrow against Leitrim. And, you know, maybe the likes of, uh, it's great maybe in those heavy, wet conditions that they, particularly with a game, the following Sunday against uh, um, a resurgent um, Roscommon, a Roscommon team that have just been promoted. They'll need the all guns far on that. I think Jim O'Connor and Kevin McLaughlin, I feel, will have a big uh, impact on this championship. And I wouldn't be surprised to see them getting a starting berth against Roscommon. But James Horn has a luxury tomorrow, and I'm not being disrespectful to. Uh, to Leitrim but they're a division uh, um, um, four side now they were relegated so you would expect that Mayo should be comfortable winners there tomorrow despite the conditions and despite the fact that they have a lot of debutants there but I would expect that to win the game tomorrow Your club mate you mentioned there Conor Loftus is named to start in midfield it would have surprised everyone in the county if you were to have told Mayo fans back in April during the initial lockdown when football was called off that Conor Loftus would be Mayo's starting midfielder 
having watched him yeah. throughout the club championship, mm. he played intermediate football for Cross Minor, partnered with Jordan Flynn, who'll be playing wing forward today mm. or tomorrow rather. Is he an intercounty midfielder, or do you see that being a tactical sort of uh, gaslighting or something where James Horne is putting him there and not revealing his full deck of cards just yet? I don't know. I, I mean, he's obviously played there in, in the last couple of National League games, Connor. I saw himself and Jordan Flynn playing for the club, actually, uh, um, earlier on the championship. I saw them uh, playing against uh, Kilchamach um, down, down in Ballina. I was doing a bit of co-commentary on that game. That's how I was at it. But uh, um, I was very encouraged with him. He opened incredibly well, Connor, that is, in that game. I thought, my God, he, he waltzed through uh, uh, and the Kilchamach defence and scored a cracking goal in the first few minutes. And he looked very strong and athletic and Playing with the kind of confidence we would have uh, um, seen Connor display a number of years ago, and like I mean, Connor will be the first to admit he hasn't been uh, absolutely, uh, you know, playing particularly well in the last couple of years. But I was delighted to him. They persevered with him because obviously at training he's doing a lot of good things, and I think maybe his confidence has turned for the best for the best now. And look at he, he he's a fine athletic player. He's a good striker of the ball and. Uh, you know, the, the reality is you don't have the luxury of, say, uh, um, Colin Boyle, Chris Barris, Shame O'Shea gone. So it is a, a bit of a transitional period for Mayo. And I mean, if they have the likes of Conor Loftus, who's been on the, uh, the bench there, has lots of experience. He's an all-around minor and under-21 medal win, uh, winner. So, you know, look, it's an opportunity to give him a chance. And uh, I wish, you know, both of those lads, Jordan, you know, we saw Jordan at under-20 level in particular, um, big, strong lad and... Uh, you know, the fact uh, that uh, um, he's getting this opportunity tomorrow, it's, it's a good thing. It's great to see how, how these guys will perform. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's, 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 I think we're in, in a good place, the fact that we have young fellas coming through. And I wouldn't uh, be overly concerned about the future of Mayo football. I think it's in a good place. When you were managing Mayo teams in the past, John, did you think Kerry McDonald would go on to be a coach and continue to be involved in the game, moving across into the into the system as he seems to be a trusted ally of James Horne now currently under the setup. No. <laughs> very, very short answer. I never saw uh, uh, Kieran. I'm delighted that he is because he's such a highly respected fellow and would have a lot of knowledge in, uh, in the game. But I was thrilled to see him get involved with the underage lads um, a number of years ago under Tom O'Reilly. There's a lot of great work being done with developing squads and guys that are uh, of, I think Kevin Lee was involved and uh, as I said, Tom O'Reilly had a great team put together. I think David Heaney, James Nallon and Kieran McDonald. And I know speaking to Kevin and Nevio involved, they were, you know, they really were thrilled to bits to see Kieran involved with them. And to see him step up into the, into the, um, the, the senior setup is fantastic. It's great for Mayo. I never thought that James Horn would be a senior manager either. I, I haven't managed him. Uh, but uh, he's proven himself uh, to be very, very effective and well able. But uh, I, I never anticipated uh, when I was managing James Horn that he would be a, he would go into management. So it's funny. Like I mean, that's the way it is. Uh, and uh, they're lookers. They've lots of experience. They've lots of know-how. And uh, they'll have, they'll have lots of uh, ideas on how to play the game. And hopefully they'll be able to transfer good knowledge and experience and wisdom onto the young fellows who are playing. Some of the players that have impressed that many people are pointing towards the tutelage of Kieran McDonald, Mark Moore, Ryan O'Donoghue is taking his place tomorrow, but both of them could become a real story for Mayo fans uh, in terms of the competition that they're going to drive each other on. You'd suspect if Ryan O'Donoghue is off form, Horn wouldn't be long looking to the sideline and casting Mark Moore back onto the pitch. It is that competition that could really drive them to becoming crucial players in this Mayo setup. Mark Moran was incredible against Galway. Like, I mean, he opened everyone's eyes. I mean, guys were uh, talking about him up and awfully. I'd be very familiar with Mark. 
because I was involved with the Kashmir Mitchells underage teams for a number of years and uh, I would be quite familiar with uh, um, most of those uh, young lads coming through f- um, from um, Westport. They have a lot of talent in, in Westport. They're a they're, they're fine, fine, fine team. And uh, Mark Moore certainly caught the eye. But I knew that like, he going out against uh, Tyrone as would be, a, as be more, more difficult for him. We all anticipated and expected that and as it transpired, I think he was taken off at half-time in that game. But it's a great learning experience for the likes of Mark, you know, to get a um, you know, an, an indication of what senior inter-county football is like, and you know he's a fine, fine future. He's a talented footballer, and, and lots of uh, he's a he's a, he, he's got that kind of uh, arrogance that you expect from a party forward. And uh, I hope he's um, he goes on to prove himself to be as good as uh, as his coach, Kieran McDonald. But um, as you say, Ryan O'Donnell who has been around as well. I thought he showed a great bit of spark when he came on against uh, Tyrone. James Drucken is another one there as well that has been around the scene. So. Yeah, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of good guys with pace and talents coming through, which is, as I said, and I'm saying it again, it's it's encouraging for Mayo because you know, you know, I remember a number of years ago, um, going up into Longford when we were beaten about by Longford through a back door a number of years ago before we, I know, it was the 2014 around that uh, that term, and I thought I I I was in despair about the future of Mayo football. Little did I think we'd be back competing for all Ireland's, and it, the whole thing can change very very quickly. That's the point I'm making, and. We've been hugely impressive on the GA calendar over the last number of years, and I expect we will continue to be a big force. Do you believe that there is such thing as a team in transition? People spoke about that Curry team under Eamon Fitzmaurice that they were in transition and they ended up winning the Sam Maguire. Is it one of these sort of false narratives that the media sometimes put out in a lazy way to preview teams? It's hard to know. Like it's one of the occasions that you use, like. We've become a, a cliche-ridden society, particularly around Gaelic games and uh, this thing, as I say, transition. Who knows what it is? Like, I mean, if you're, you know, I'm in, in a county with, uh, um, in, awfully that is, where Park Don. I remember watching him as a 19-year-old midfielder winning All Ireland in 1982. He was midfielder on that team with all the O'Connors and the Lowrys and what have you. But uh, yeah, he was a, a, a young lad at 19 years of age. We won't see too many that uh, those guys at 19 starting off, particularly around the middle third of a team. But uh, so cause times have changed. But look at uh, you get back to answer your question about uh, uh, transition. Look at it, it, it's it's hard to quantify it, and that as I say, it, it, it's a, it's a it's a statement that's used, and I'm not quite sure what it really means. But do you think these older players that that are left within the team? You know, we're looking at now Killian O'Connor, Aidan O'Shea are now senior players. Uh, similar to us was Jeremy O'Connor, who's not starting tomorrow, had quite a. I suppose uh, for his own high standards a poor start to the year throughout the National League campaign is it now a situation where the likes of Stephen Cohen is going to have to be a major leader in the dressing room as opposed to relying on the old foes of, of Seamus O'Shea and Tom Parsons I'd say the likes of Aidan O'Shea and Kenny O'Connor are still the, the, the main drivers and the leaders in the dressing room that would be my impression I don't think it would be falling back onto the shoulders of Stephen Cohen uh, there are a lot of guys. David Clark has uh, years of experience here as well, and who knows he could go on and for another number of years uh, as a goalkeeper. That is, but um, you know, Ian O'Shea, I think is around thirty years of age. Uh, um, I, I could see him playing for another uh, three or four years if he re- remains injury free. Chris Barrett and Kevin McLaughlin and all those guys would have a big influence in the dressing room. So I don't think they'd be relying on the young lads, um, young lads yet to provide that kind of leadership. But Stephen Cohen has a remarkable record, uh, six and cups and minor, a minor of captains and under twenty one captains. I'm sure he'd have a thing or two to say. But uh, in the dressing room, that is. But uh, as I say, it's uh, it's um, you know those uh, guys. Aidan O'Shea is captain of the team. I'm sure he'll have um, 
a big say on, on proceedings and he provides a bit of leadership on the on the field, John. But you need leaders in every line uh, of the park these days. So guys to step up and do something special and extraordinary when the heat is on. And I think Mayo have lots of those in, in most lines. You seem to have the, the confidence shared by many Mayo people this week that, you know, while things may not look 100% perfect on, on record and current form, the hopes of winning on, our, on All-Ireland is always there as it is at the beginning of any championship. You feel Mayo will comfortably get past Leitrim, but you feel as well they'll also win out in Connacht. I, I, I do. I think um, the Roscommon game, obviously, uh, tomorrow week, um, and I'm as I say now, I've just written off um, Leitrim there entirely, <laughs> which is uh, disrespectful in many ways, but I do feel we'll, we'll win tomorrow comfortably enough. I think we're in a different class than, than a relegated um, Division 4 team. I, I, I feel the game against Roscommon, a promoter Roscommon, as I say, they have, they have a lot of talent. And they're, they have a lot of confidence as well after uh, after being promoted and winning the Division 2 uh, title. So that'll be a tricky game. But I, I, I think that we'll be good enough to win it. I think, you know, I, I, you mentioned Jeremy O'Connor there, who appears to be rested. And I, I agree with you. He hasn't uh, really flourished in this year's campaign. But I mean, he's a he's a lot of talent. He's a fine footballer and one and a great athleticism and know how. So I, I would expect you know he and a few of those other lads that are that are being rested, Kevin McLaughlin, as I said earlier, those guys will have a big say in the, in the championship. And it's great when you look over your shoulder. If uh, even tomorrow, if you're in any bit of bother tomorrow at any stage, look over your shoulder and see guys with that type of quality sitting on the bench because. Uh, yeah, they're they they're, they're they're very very good. Like I mean, the big I suppose talking point in the last couple of weeks was uh, the way um, Galway, who were the the dream team pre-COVID, and to see the way they have unravelled uh, to a certain extent. Now, albeit they did rescue their the situation a little bit with quite a credible performance at home against Dublin in the final game of the National League. But everyone thought, assumed that Galway were, were potential All-Ireland champions the way they were being talked up. But you know, the game is funny. It's, it's very very strange. There's a lot of tactic tactics involved now and various strategies and. You know, a, a lot of uh, teams now play a very defensive style. And Galway certainly learned a lesson from Mayo. I mean, their fitness levels uh, were questionable in that Mayo performance. And uh, I feel if we if we, if we we're lucky enough to get into a kind of final, I think uh, um, Galway would be haunted by that Tume experience where we beat them by 15 points in the league. And I would expect that Mayo this year would win a provincial championship. I don't know if we're going to be good enough to go all the way, but I feel if you get win your provincial championship and get take the confidence that comes with that, Nobody will rule out like the Mayo because when they get to Court Park, they're they're, they're able. And uh, as I say, you never know. We might have a we we, we might have just some fun uh, down the you know in in future Sundays. Yeah, hopefully it's always exciting one the beginning of any championship campaign. Every, anything mm. is possible for any any side out there. John Mohan, best of luck tomorrow in the game against Carlo. I hope you enjoy that one, and we'll all be cheering you on. Come on, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Thanks a million. That's John Mohan there telling us his thoughts on the upcoming GA Championship just as he brought news as well of Cavan beating Monaghan, the first upset. And as John said, there's potential to have the first upset of many that we could see throughout this pre-Christmas GA Championship.